I'm Jordan Hagedorn. And I'm John Kim. And this is Sneaker Salaries, a deep dive look at sneaker news and sneaker culture with insights from those that live the passion and the lifestyle of sneakers. Welcome back to another episode of Sneaker Salaries. I'm John Kim. And I'm Jordan Hagedorn. And today's show, we're talking with Mike Wynn and Terrence Ricketts, who are the co-founders of Index PDX in Portland, Oregon. And as you guys know, Portland is a hotbed for sneakers. You got Nike and Adidas and and is really the Silicon Valley of sneakers. And so today, we're going to explore a couple guys that started an amazing business and, and is really thriving out in Portland. So without further ado, we have Mike and T. Thank you guys for coming on the show. Thanks for having us. Hey, thanks for having us, guys. So yeah, today we're going to talk about you guys' history. And let's start off by giving people a little bit of an intro to you guys. You guys actually met in second grade. Is that true? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. can you give us a rundown of when you guys met and and kind of get into the journey a little bit of you guys' backstories? Yeah, for sure. It's kind of a cheesy story every time I say because <laughs> uh, we actually met because I was wearing a pair of Jordan 8 playoffs that my mom got me. Uh, and I was on the playground outside just shooting hoops. And T comes up to me. He's like, yo, you got the new Jordans on. And at that point, I didn't really know Jordans. My mom just bought me a pair of shoes that she had access to employee store. And I thought they were dope. And uh, T's like, yo, you got some Jordans on, man. I was like, yeah, that's what's up, bro. And then we just started hooping. And then, you know, from there, like, you know, we shared the interests of uh, shoes and just been best friends ever since. Yeah, I mean, it, that's that's how it went down. I mean, honestly, I, you know, we were exactly what you said. It was uh, it was one of those things. That it was it was pretty funny because it, it is cheesy because we've told it a million times, you know, to people. But uh, it, it's. It was organic. It organically happened like that. That's pretty interesting to to uh, see that you said your mom was really more into the Jordans before you were, Mikey. Well, she 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 had access to the employee store at, down at the at Nike, and uh, she got me a pair of shoes uh, for school, and she brought them home. I was like, man, these are these are pretty dope. These are the these are the Jordans. Like I knew Jordans, but you know I wasn't like super into it at that time. But uh, I thought they were dope, and then. Uh, T started noticing that other kids were like, oh, man, you got the new Jordans and new Jays and stuff like that. And Jordans in the sneaker game didn't really, like, take me in until, like, I want to say middle school when it was a big deal. Um, there was, I think in middle school, I had the, the flu games. And I had to, so my parents didn't have a lot of money. I had to stretch that shoe out for seventh and eighth grade year. So it was it's kind of a stretch on, uh, on that point, but that's what got me into sneakers is probably middle school, seeing all the other kids with the new Jays. And, and then at that time, too, that's when uh, Fila was a big hit with uh, the Jerry Stackhouses and, and Grant Hills was, was big back yeah. then, too. So it was around that era when I really got started into it. Can you talk about how your relationship evolved and, you know, middle school, high school, and you guys stayed in touch, stayed connected, yeah, or how sure. did that evolve? Uh, so we went to the same elementary school. We kind of split up in uh, middle school because we lived in different districts. Uh, and then we we linked back up uh, at high school together. But between like middle school, I was over at T's house like every weekend. It'd be me, him and uh, a couple of our other boys that we just hang out uh, all the time. Um, and then it, it kind of evolved when we worked together. Um I think in around 97, 98, I think we worked at a gas station together. Uh, and that was like <laughs> our first real job. Um, and that was when we started first buying our pairs of shoes for ourselves. Um, 
you know, we didn't have to rely on mom and dad to try to buy our shoes. But so that was when we started purchasing shoes, getting doubling up shoes. Uh, and over time, you know, it was a passion just to collect them. Uh, but then, you know, shoes are expensive. So we're like, oh, man, you know, what are we going to do? How are we going to get the next pair of shoes? So what we'd have to do is we'd sell our doubles and, and triples and and try to get the next shoe. Um, and then I think in mid 2000, like 2007, 2008, I think uh, me and T started flipping shoes for ourselves to buy shoes and then some of our friends. And that was kind of like what got us going into reselling was around that time. Around that time in the mid-2000s when you were flipping shoes just to buy more shoes or flipping shoes for your friends, was there a specific sneaker that you remember that really stood out in terms of like, wow, like we could really make a lot more money doing this, not just nickel and dime our way, but really earn some real cash from flipping shoes? Initially, like when we were collecting, um, when we started collecting, probably in like 2000, that was the first lineup I ever did for the Space Jam at Lloyd Center. Um, from 2000 to like 2005, 2006, like we were like, this sounds weird, but it, we were kind of against reselling, <laughs> to be honest with you, because we would stand in lines and, you know, typically I was always at the front though. So I didn't really, cause I had a size 13 and, uh, you know, I'd be there all the time cause there was other size 13 dudes. You know, it got annoying when you started seeing people, um, getting your size and that, you know, this is, you know, early 2000, like, Oh, three or four when when the like 12 started coming out uh like the playoffs and stuff like that um yeah i was you know we were kind of like like this you know like why why would you take my size and flip it i didn't really understand the concept too much to be honest with you because it was more like uh, i wanted to get like three pairs for myself you know what i'm saying but when it came to what mikey was saying about oh six oh seven that's when you know we started flipping sneakers because we wanted more and our daily our, our daily jobs couldn't yield us the type of sneakers we wanted. Like me personally, uh, I was collecting PEs at the time in samples. So in order to grab a PE, you know how expensive they are, John. Like <laughs> even back then they were really expensive. So I would be like, okay, uh, let me flip these four pairs of, um, you know, black and red retro 12s that came out in 03. And I can, I can, uh, and not to mention some of my paycheck, I can get that. Uh, PE on eBay that I wanted, you know, and that's kind of how that went from collecting to transitioning to, to flipping sneakers in the mid two thousands, like hands down, like we didn't really start doing it for cash, mm -hmm. you know, and to like support us, it was to support a habit <laughs> essentially. You know, I can relate cause you're looking at 2004, the cement Jordan three comes out and I bought three pair I flipped two so my third pair could be free, so I could yep. essentially have mm. sneakers for free, yeah. right? And the next yeah. thing you know, I get, I eventually get hired at East Bay. I'm buying returns for twenty nice. bucks, thirty bucks. Oh, East Bay killed back in the day, man. <laughs> I'm going to. So I hit up the employee sale, and mm -hmm. they were the re so like if you wear a pair of Jordans or or sneakers and they don't fit right, you return them to East Bay. They would go back to East Bay, and at the employee sale, they were ten dollars. Oh my God. So Jeez. I walked out, I walked out of the first <laughs> yeah. employee sale with 82 pairs of sneakers. Wow. And and so oh, I can, man. I can relate to that kind of that snowball effect. So can you yeah. kind of touch on, you know, that sounds like a defining moment. You guys did it out of necessity to get more sneakers. Mm -hmm. At what point did you guys sit down and talk about, Hey, this is serious. We should, we should kind of go all in on this. 
I think it was around 08, right, T, when the CDPs came out? Yeah, CDPs were hit yeah. Um, yeah. at first. So, at first. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, so our story, when we first sat down, like, all right, dude, let's, uh, I think we can turn this into like a side hustle type thing to where we can make money on the side, was around 08 when the CDPs uh, dropped. And, man, me and T first started, man, we were like, all right, roughly around there. R- yeah. Roughly around there. Um, <laughs> I'm going to throw 500 bucks. You throw in 500 bucks. Uh, we'll use that money to buy shoes. And then any money we get out of it, like we net, uh, we'll split between us. Uh, and we did that for, I think, a good year. And then uh, we figured out that around that time, like the CDPs weren't doing too crazy as far as resale and other shoes uh, around that year. Um, and then just our setup wasn't very good. You know what I mean? Because at the end of the day, we only had $1,000. Uh, to buy shoes with right so we kind of put it off on we put it on hold for a little bit um did our thing t t lived down in in southern cal at the time and you know we always kept in contact but uh it wasn't until the royal foams came out to where we kind of got back into it um that was what 2011 i think was they retro yeah yeah roughly around then uh so we, we started the same thing again. Yo, you put 500 bucks, I put 500 bucks. Let's just buy shoes. We'll do lineups. We'll do raffles and stuff like that. That's when raffles was a thing. Um, and this time, what, what was different with that is that we won't touch the money. Like our net profits, we won't split. Let's just put it back in to our pot and just keep buying shoes. And we did that over the course of... I don't know, two, two or three years. I think starting in 2010 is when we started back up ish. Um, and we went, well, like we went crazy. Like T would hit up Craigslist. I would hit up Craigslist. I had two jobs. Uh, one was full time, one was part time. I was going to college part time too. I was on Craigslist literally every five minutes, just refreshing, refreshing, refreshing. <laughs> and I would hit up any shoes that got on there. I would hit, hit them up, try to be the first one. Uh, I would meet people and, and that's how we really started. And we just accumulated over the years, just like a ton of shoes and, and met people where we got access to, like we got lucky and, and bought, found some samples on Craigslist and stuff like that. Cause Portland, obviously we're the Mecca, like, like you said, Jordan, it was like, the, we're like the Silicon Valley of sneakers. So, you know, you find crazy stuff at the Goodwill or, or secondhand shops like Buffalo exchange and stuff like that. So people will find gems for like 50 bucks. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's how we kind of came up. So all that knowledge, all that thought of, you know, let's just pour our money back into the business and, um, you know, all that hustling on Craigslist and, you know, lining up in stores and that eventually led to index. But before that, I think is what, uh, was my first exposure to you guys before I knew you guys as you guys, which was broke, broke on Jordan's, which was your, eBay. Yeah. that was your eBay store. That was your eBay, uh, alter ego, whatever. And yep. mm-hmm. you guys really stood out because not only did you guys sell Jordans that were hard to get, but you sold Jordans that never even released. I'm talking like yeah. those full sets. So uh, can you guys talk a little bit about how Broken Jordan started, maybe the, the reasoning behind that name and uh, just some of the real standout items that you guys were able to sell and how you guys got your access to those? So the name came from, I don't I was... I was working at Mercedes Benz at the time. I was living paycheck to paycheck, obviously. Um, you know, I was working, you know, I was making $8, $9 an hour. I, bro- I was broke. Uh, and, and the reason why is because I was buying a ton of Jordans. Um, and that's how that name started, you know? Uh, it was, it was just clear. 
you know what I'm saying to me, <laughs> you know, and then it, it went from, you know, just buying to selling actually. That was it. You, man, you've been, you've been rocking us for a long time, John. Yeah, very long time. <laughs> I appreciate long it, man. Time. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's, I mean, we, we always appreciated that, man. Honestly. Yeah. It was always know? big for us. I, I, man, when, when you, I think first did an article on us on Stinker News, we were like, Oh my God, this is insane. Because, yeah. you know, back then there was really no social media. There's no IG and, and whatnot. So it was all about the sneaker blogs and whatnot. So. Well, we were on there, man, and we were continuously being highlighted on there was a big deal for us. And we kind of mm-hmm. we kind of like, oh, man, that's our identity, man. Like right there and yeah. there, it's just getting rare, the most rare shoes that you can find. And honestly, it came from like not knowing. It's like we don't really know people out at Nike, dude. It's all about like just hitting Craigslist or, or hitting eBay or just finding those steals at the bins or, or whatnot, or at the secondhand stores. That's where those pairs really came from. You know what I mean? It's not like we had some connect down at Nike uh, we never had any connect at Nike, to be honest. Um, and we just kept on getting lucky and just being persistent with the market here in Portland. And, and that's how we kind of came across like the blackout 11s or, or the rainbow packs, um, history flight packs and stuff like that. So, uh, when we got them, man, it was insane. As a sneaker enthusiast, like we're, you know, at the end of the day, yes, we do as a business now, but we're passionate about what we do. Um, and first and foremost, we're sneakerheads. You know what I mean? Like we still are not jaded when stuff comes in our door. We're like, oh my God, it's like a kid in a candy store. Some of the stuff that we see in our shop. So, um, at the end of the day, man, we're sneakerheads. We're just, blessed that we can provide for our family um, while doing it. Well, and Mike, you keep saying you get lucky. I, I don't agree with that, man. You guys are <laughs> dedicated to this. You know, you guys are obsessed with this. I know, you know, I've been with Sneaker News for over seven years now, and John's always spoken highly of you guys have followed along your journey and everything. And, and you know, I think there's maybe a little bit of luck, but you guys have put your heads down and, and cranked on this business from day one. And so can you talk about that obsession and and that ability to you know, really be at the forefront of finding this stuff and, and kind of the, maybe the process of the hunt and, and what you enjoy about that. So, so for me is like when we like say, I, you know, like I came lucky up on a pair of like the blackout 11s or something, you know, I'll meet that person and they may have something else or, or they have somebody else that has other stuff. Um, it's just, it just goes down to the way we do business. You know what I mean? We're honest, respectful people. Um, you know, we're upfront with people. Uh, and that's just the way we are. It's just, and when you treat a person as a certain way, when you make a purchase from somebody, um, and they respect you for it, they'll keep bringing stuff to you. So at the end of the day, it's just about doing business, right. You know what I mean? Like not cutting corners, not being shady or anything like that. Uh, and I, I think that, you know, it goes a long way, you know what I mean? With our integrity, uh, our integrity is a huge thing at index. Um, you know, our biggest thing is customer service. One, two is, uh, uh, authentic pairs of shoes. Like that's our number one and two. It could be one A, one B. Uh, that's the most important, uh, in the way we do business and the, and the way we carry ourselves. Um, because we do want to be respecting in the game because we've been in the game for so long. I could totally see that you guys, you know, have that true passion behind it because, you know, as Terrence said before, that you guys were kind of against reselling. And I think anyone who was mm-hmm. part of the forums and part of the campouts and whatever, they can all share that sentiment that, yeah. you know, we're not doing this to make a profit to to do anything else. It's we just want to 
make some money to buy more shoes. And sometimes right. I'm sure you guys can remember like in Nike talk and the ISS forums or whatever, you know, mm-hmm. it's not like people were selling for triple retail. It was like just to make mm-hmm. 20, 30, $40, like lunch money for the week kind right. of thing. Yeah. It's like, Hey, like just cover or even just cover the shipping costs. And I'll just basically, you know, just get my yeah, money that back. Thing. That was right. the thing. It was mm-hmm. really like looking out for each other. So, and then now it's like kind of grown to this huge thing and integrity. Yes. Uh, I can, you know, see, cause I've been, buying from you guys for such a long time too. Now, you know, the sneaker secondary market has blown up to be this huge digital thing now. Like, you know, StockX and Goat are two big names and they don't have a store. Mm. How does an index compete with such big names where, like, as you were saying before, you know, there's like kids now who are making a shit ton of money, right? And, yeah. and it's pretty, it's it's a pretty easy way to get into it. Like, how do you guys compete with that on, just on a business level? So basically on a business level, I mean, it, you know, it's, in the past couple of years, it, it has affected us, to be honest with you. I mean, you know, especially on newer releases. I mean, we used to get um, just tons of GRs, you know, when they would come out. Um, but the way we do things is like kind of to go back on what Mikey said, like we carry ourselves in a certain way, like, hey, this is how we do business. And we'll never be on a level like StockX or anything like that when it comes to... Um, like pure mass of sneakers. I mean, that's just the way it is, but we can compete with them how we do business. You know what I'm trying to say? Like when it comes down to it, we treat people with respect. Like Mike said, we're very honest. We're very clear with like, you know, when I mean, people bring us sneakers all the time and they'll have a $5,000 shoe and they have no idea what they have. And we'll be honest with them. Like, Hey man, this shoe is worth five grand. And they fucking sometimes are like, they can't even fucking believe it, you know? And, and I really pride ourselves on, I, you know, I really pride ourselves on being honest and not like Mikey said, cutting corners. And, and that's how we compete with these places. You know, as people, um, have a, like a feel when they come in, um, you know, and, and, and that's where we can compete with these businesses on a, on that type of level, you know? Um, but pure volume, I mean, that's never going to happen. Let's all be honest course, here, yeah. man. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, you know, we just, we train our employees to be, you know, we, we, we don't take that back. We do train our employees, but we hire really good people. Like the, our employees are everything to us. I mean, you know, it's one of those things like indexing shit without our employees mm-hmm. and we do train them to be a certain way. And, but they already have that naturally, to be honest, mm-hmm. you know? So. I mean, I think index has kind of grown to be like one of the preeminent like brick and mortar destinations for sneakers in the world and they're not they're not too many out there in in, in the world in general and you bring yeah. and uh, you bring up how like some someone could have like a five thousand dollars shoe and they might not even know it like it's a very like pawn stars kind of moment where it's like they don't know what they have yeah. or more not even that yeah. or like a um but it's funny though but the, you're right the, uh, <laughs> anti- what the fuck like the, yeah. ant- the antiques roadshow kind of like that where they're getting some mm-hmm. praise like yeah. Like, yeah. Is, is there any moment that stands out where a guy walks in not knowing what he had and it was just like, hey, this is like a five to ten thousand dollar shoe? Has there any been moments like that? Oh, there's been tons of those, honestly. Yeah. Like, almost I'm not like just saying every, that either. Yeah. Almost <laughs> like every, probably every other week. Mm-hmm. It happens yeah, a lot. Quite a bit. So, probably my favorite um, story, obviously, is uh, when a Jordan 7 Kobe Bryant PE came in, right? Wow. And it was the black, the, the away. Um, with the eight stitched in the, in the, in the inner, um, he knew what he had, but he didn't know what the value was. And when we told him how much it was, and this is, I want to say like 
four or five years ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, they were brand new. Yeah, they were dual signed. And as a PE collector, I mean, I couldn't even fucking believe it. Like they come in and I'm just like, wow, you know, and I might have, I probably stared at those sneakers for like three or four hours in the back of the shop before like, you know, I did anything, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, and we sold them for 25 grand right away, you know, wow. and it was one of those things where he was like, are you sure? <laughs> I mean, he couldn't believe it, you know, um, and the shoe sold right away. That was really cool because the, the customer was super amped and so were we. So we were, it was like a, like a very mutually beneficial thing that happened, you know? That's insane. And yeah. So, and that was insane to us. And it happened twice. The same yeah. shoe. Yeah. Same <laughs> same. yeah. So another one came in a couple years later and the same thing happened. Like the person was like, are you serious? These are worth this amount. Same exact shoe. Let me touch on that one though, because that was (laughs) going to be the one that I wanted to share was, it's Ah, the same shoe, but it was the same shoe, but not, but a few, not the same exact shoe. Um, so it was like another pair, but this one was, it came in used. Um, and then somebody sharpied the eight on the, on the shoe. Yeah. They sharpied out the eight on the shoe and we're like, what? And they were kind of like, on a scale of like one to ten, probably like a six or seven, uh, but it was the same. They, they were, were dual. They were worn, and it was dual size. So we we're like, man, were these game worn or something? So we found out the information. On it. Apparently, um, the person who had it, her dad wore it, and it was a size fourteen, and he was hooping in it outside. And he didn't. Apparently, he didn't like the the color on the the embroidery, the Laker colorway. So he sharpied it out. We're like, oh my god! On a Kobe, and, on a Kobe, and, on a Kobe and both shoes were dual sign, and this guy wore them. Uh, and she she sent it into us to consign. Uh, I think we ended up selling it for around fifteen thousand. Uh, it took a little bit for that one to sell, um, only because it was like kind of beat up. But like at the end of the day, it's a you know Kobe PE. Jordan that's, Seven is insane. That's insane too, because over the last few years, the the value of game worn Jordans and just Jordans mm-hmm. specifically yeah. have gone up like crazy. Like I oh, think yeah. the yeah. the game worn flu games, I think sold for a couple hundred grand a few years back. Mm-hmm. If it so yeah. if it went up for auction again today, I think it'll almost yeah. hit a million dollars. So yeah, that so, so that crazy. so that Kobe Seven P that sold for twenty five grand in two thousand fifteen ish, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, in twenty twenty, with just the value of you know these rare Jordans, as well as you know what happened with Kobe. That's yeah, a, yeah. that's potentially five hundred thousand to maybe even a million dollar shoe. I don't know, maybe as yeah. much. That's insane. It's pretty crazy. It no, I mean, it could be. it's the potential's there for sure. You're right. Yeah. You know. Yeah, and I think uh-huh. um, it went to the right collector though. The guy who got it, it like it's it's in the right home for yeah. sure. <laughs> I, I still can't believe a guy who, who just hoop around in a pair of PE sevens. And yeah. sure. I mean, for for the people who are listening who aren't really aware of what PEs are or whatever, it's basically like blowing your nose on a copy of the U.S. Constitution. You know, that's kind of like what it is. <laughs> you know, it's, it's that level of craziness. But you know what? Yeah. That's the crazy part about sneakers because sometimes if you just want to wear the shoe, it doesn't fucking matter how much it's worth. Yeah. Like if you want to wear yeah, it, you, wear wear it. You, you don't like mm-hmm. the Laker colors, just sharpie it out. Man, that's pretty insane. But <laughs> yeah, it yeah, was wild. Well. You guys had like a, a steady stream of a lot of these PEs, player exclusives that come in. And I think that's kind of how you guys really made your name because you you guys do have stuff that no other shop ever had, really. Um, 
And for a while, I personally thought that maybe someone at Nike was behind the Broken Jordan account because I thought, no way <laughs> that yeah. the same eBay account is getting all this stuff. But it turns out it's just because you just made the right connections and hustled and just played the game the right way. One thing that I really want to get into now is that, you know, reselling is now part of sneaker culture. It's it's the dominant thing now almost, right? Whereas before it was not really talked about, but now it's at the forefront of it. And, you know, a lot of young people are trying to get into sneaker reselling. Some people are just want to do it for the money, opportunistic value of it. But some people just really just want to be part of that culture. Um, what are some of the, I guess you could say, un- unexpected downs of reselling that many people don't really know about? Because they think that, oh, sneaker reselling is guaranteed money, which it technically isn't, you know? You just, you have to know your shit at the end of the day. What are some of the what are some of the pitfalls of being a reseller, you think? Scammers are like probably the worst pitfall of reselling, to be honest with you. Um, you know what I'm saying? It's it's one of those things that, uh, Jesus, they don't fucking quit. <laughs> I mean, that's their job, you know? I mean, and, and it happens all the time. I mean... You know, scamming on all sorts of levels, you know, like um, selling fakes, you know what I'm saying? Annoyingly selling fakes. I mean, some people sell fakes and I don't even fucking know it. Um, but those are, those are, you know, probably the, the biggest downfalls to, to selling sneakers. And now, you know, I would say like, God, man, there's so many people that do it now, you know. But, uh, you know, at the same time, I tell people all the time, like if when, I mean, shoot, I'm almost like I'm 36. So when we were young there was only a couple things you could do to make a ton of money, right? Sell drugs and steal, <laughs> right? When you're, when you're young nowadays, these guys, these kids are making so much money and this is an, an avenue where they can make money legitly. And I fucking love it. I'm like, dude, like that's what people say. Like, ah, oh, do you get annoyed by all these, you know, people that sell sneakers that, you know, weren't in it forever and stuff. I'm like, no, man. I mean, honestly, at least they're making their money legitly, you know? Like when we were kids, we didn't have that option. You used to work a nine to five and make shit or, you know, sell drugs, <laughs> you know, to get that dope car and to get all these dope clothes, you know? And nowadays that's what, you know, I'm, I'm stoked for all these people to be selling sneakers, man. I'm like, yo, get that fucking legit money. Mikey, what about you? What, what, what sort of uh, pitfalls that do you recognize? Uh, I think trendy shoes, like you can lose money. Like newer shoes, like they won't hold value. They'll hold value for like a good six, seven months, uh, maybe a year, and then uh, they won't hold value anymore. So just really knowing, like, knowing what is like mm-hmm. is gonna hold its value, really. And if it's not, then you flip it real quick. Uh, when I say trendy shoes, like you look like at, at human races and stuff like that, um, those used to go for like the rare ones used to go for thousands of dollars. Mm-hmm. Now you can can barely sell them uh, or a little over retail. Um, so a lot of trendy shoes um, tend to, you got to kind of keep your eye on and, and just kind of flip real quick. And then you got to know like what's really going to like hold its value or appreciate in value. Um, like Jordan OG colorways, you know, like these fire red fours that just came out, like you can get them for retail right now. And I suggest people do if they can find them and just hold on to them. It's going to be a four or $500 shoe by probably next year. You know what I mean? Like, um, you look at the black cat fours earlier this year, you can buy them all day for retail or under retail right in the Portland area. Uh, and now they're going for like four, four fifty, five hundred bucks. Uh, so it's just really knowing 
knowing what holds its value and what doesn't and when to flip stuff. And, and yeah, trends really. Um, but the, you know, that's all about being, being aware of, um, you know, everything and what's, what's hot and what's not and stuff like that. So, so T, can you touch on this? You touched on the Kobe clientele that you had that bought that pair of sevens, you know, which as you guys know, you have great sneakers and great clientele. You've had some pro athletes come through when they, they visited Portland, uh, playing the Blazers and things like that. Can you touch on some of your favorite clientele and, and kind of that base you guys have built? Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, we do, we do get a lot of NBA players. Um, and you know, some of those guys are great, you know, I mean, you know, there's so many different type of collectors, you know, that come through the store, um, you know, famous people and non-famous people. Majority of our clientele are like really cool, you know, and, and, and it's one of those things like, um, there's different types. So there's ones that are very passionate and then there's ones that, you know, just, just like it cause it's cool. You know, I think a good experience we had with like, uh, cause we get, like T said, we get a lot of athletes and then celebrities too. Um, our, I think our most recent one that was, I uh, was pretty dope was one offset, um, came through the shop and, uh, uh, he was so cool. Our, our homie down in, uh, uh, LA kind of put him on to us. Uh, shout out to, to the homie down there. Um, but he flew up here from LA with his, pretty much his entourage, cool ass people, all of them took his private jet, flew up here, hung out with us for like three, four hours at the shop, bought a shit ton of shoes, um, and just chilled just like, just like homies, like all of us, uh, uh, his entourage, like all the guys that he brought up, I think they were all his close homies, his, you know, obviously he has some security with them. Uh, but that was a dope experience because, uh. You really got to know the person in Offset and like he was just a just a chill dude. Like, you know, he wasn't this like big celebrity figure. Obviously, he is, but uh, he didn't make it seem that way. Um, no, so that, no, that no. was pretty that was a pretty dope experience to, to kind of chill with him uh, for quite some time. And then dude was the only guy to be in the back of our store on a ladder going through everything. <laughs> yeah, he was <laughs> like, like for he hours. Was like, he was like, you know, <laughs> just take me to the back. So we're like, we yeah. went to the back and then we had our step ladder and he was just up there climbing the ladder with me, just pulling shit down and looking at it. And it was, it was pretty dope experience. Um, on athletes though, like, you know, uh, PJ is a, you know, a big time, uh, customer of ours. Uh, he hits me up like all the time. I always let him know like what we have and whatnot. Um, so yeah, we're, we're pretty blessed to be, be put in a position to where we get to interact with these people. I, th- I think, uh, when you said that, you know, offset, you know, hung out for four hours, I think that's the importance of a brick and mortar store is that the actual, yes. actual buying of the shoe takes a minute, but yeah, the remaining time is building that community with the people. Cause for like sure. you guys are best friends just because you both love sneakers. You know, that's how you two form. That's how you form relationships with other people. You guys touched on the pitfalls of selling sneakers, reselling potentially. Can you guys touch on some of your favorite parts and then give some advice after all this is sneaker salaries? Hopefully people are listening to kind of figure out how to hustle and make some money in the sneaker world. T, let's start with you. Can you give some younger people advice and and how to get into the game and make money on sneakers? Period, point blank. I always tell people this, go in, you know, uh, being honest. Um, if you cut corners and you're not honest, I mean, you're not going to last very long to be honest. <laughs> Cause people out here, like they pick up on bullshit so fast nowadays, you know? And <clears throat> that's my, my main like piece of advice. Just be yourself, be honest. Um, when you do business, just do it well. I mean, don't, don't, don't cheat people. Don't lie. You know? And that's the, the, probably the, like the platform that I use, like going in, you know, 
Cause then at, you can sleep at night, you know, and that's really big to me, to be honest with you. Um, the, the type of character you are, um, when you go in, cause I mean, millions of people sell, resell sneakers, but the way to stand out is to be a good person, you know, and to be honest with you, that sounds fucking corny, but it really is, <laughs> you know, like just do good business. Mikey, how about you? Um, to kind of piggyback off of T, uh, yeah, integrity is a huge thing. That's part of the first and foremost. Second thing is like just knowing, knowing the market, um, and being kind of like being truly passionate about it. Because if you're not and you don't know what's up, then I mean, it's, it's gonna, it's, it's gonna show when people interact with you or when, when you're trying to sell shoes to people. Um, knowing the market, just being passionate about it. And like T says, just, you know, I, just do business right by people. Um, integrity is a huge thing. Uh, the biggest thing I take away of having a brick and mortar store is the relationships that I build. Um, yes, I get to see the shoes that come in. I get to, you know, sometimes cop the shoes that come in that are rare. Uh, but at the end of the day, like I've met so many dope people just, just through index and our brick and mortar that like I can continue a friendship forever. And that's what I cherish the most. But, um, at the end of the day, for people that want to like, make money off of this business um, because it's growing and growing fast is integrity, uh, knowing the market um, and oh, saving money, save your money. Don't blow it on mm-hmm. crap that like on you don't need. Shit. Yeah, just <laughs> don't blow it. Just save your money. Yeah, that's what people mm-hmm. mess up on. <laughs> I mean, me and Mike, swear to God, like when we first started Index, we were, we were running on like $800 a month paychecks. Yeah, we would re- reinvest all of our money, mm-hmm. you know, like all of it. And we, we, we didn't blow it on dumb shit. We didn't go out. We didn't buy dope cars. I mean, me and Mike were fucking driving Civics up until like <laughs> three years ago. Civics with yeah, spoon you know? engines? Oh, hey, <laughs> so, yeah, you know what's up. Hey, the spoon engines? I, I man, those, are, those are expensive yeah. if you can get one. Are, yeah. Um, man, nah, like, that's what's up, man. You, you know your cars, dude. Um, no, nah, but seriously, though, you know, you yeah. just like Mike said, I mean, that's what we tell people a lot to reinvest your money. Do not go out and buy a fucking a Rolex or chain gold chains until you, until you, you can afford it. And what I mean by what you can afford it is if, I mean, your monthly bills, you know, you're good. You're not like uh, scrambling to pay. Like if you, you know, um, but honestly, that's, that's, that's a huge deal. I mean, you know, a lot of businesses mess up because what they'll do is they'll start a business. They'll blow up real quick. And they'll start paying each other ridiculous salaries. And then in a year or two, they're like, holy shit, you know, where did all this money go? Um, so we, we were very conscious of that a hundred percent, you know, like we were, we never paid each other huge salaries ever to this day still, <laughs> you know, that's uh that's super admirable. I think, you know, the thing John and I have, have witnessed you guys kind of rise up, you know, from an eBay store to, to now what you guys have, uh, we really appreciate the the grit and the hustle and, and the integrity, like you mentioned, uh, but most of all, just the ability to turn you know something very small like selling sneakers into a, a powerhouse in the industry that has billion dollar companies paying attention, you know. So, so much respect to you guys, and and um, you know we appreciate you guys sharing stories, man. To be to be best friends, you know, now over the years from second grade is is pretty incredible to see that you guys have last. You know, you yeah, lasted yeah, and, and continue to push. So, you know, last thing I would say is, you know, thank you guys for being on the podcast and and we would love to hear, you know, what do you guys see the future of not only your business, but sneakers as well? 
I mean, it's going to always thrive, honestly. Um, it's not a fad. I mean, Jordans have been cool since they've came out. I mean, when's the last time a, a, you, you go back on an 85 Jordan 1? When has it not been cool? I mean, you can say, oh, well, they went on sale a year after. You know, I was born in 80, 84, so I don't remember that. But from, you know, the price tags I've seen on the boxes, you know, I understand that they've, they were... But they're always cool, is my, is my point. Shoes they're going to thrive. It's, it's just going to get bigger. I don't know when it will plateau, you know, honestly. Um, but I've been alive 36 years and I've been wearing sneakers my whole life. <laughs> and it was never not cool to wear sneakers. And that, and that will always be the case, no matter what. So, I mean, I can't tell the future, but judging on that, honestly, I think sneakers are here to stay. Like even, you know, like you said, I mean, these billion dollar corporations are paying attention and buying, you know, buying, buying places out, you know, and it's, uh, I don't think it's going to stop. Mikey, what about you? Man, just going off a tee, man, same thing. Like, I, I don't, I don't see it going. I don't think, I don't think it's going to plateau. I think if anything, it's going to grow even more, uh, as, as time comes into place and, and it evolves, it'll evolve even more because, you know, we're all from the same era around the nineties, you know, uh, eighties, nineties. Um, and then there's this new generation, you know, I always tell people like our generation was Jordan's, this new generation is all about Yeezys, you know what I mean? So like, what's the next one after that? Um, and that'll always transcend and that always, that will always have a story for somebody like, Oh, I have my first pair of Jordans. Oh, I have my first pair of Yeezys. Well, what's going to be the next one? Uh, so I think, I think shoes are here to stay as far as it continuing to grow. And then, uh, also just in the secondary market, it'll continue to profit. Cool. So again, uh, finally, you know, T, Mikey, again, thank you guys for coming on. You guys dropped oh, a lot sure. of good knowledge. You know, we just loved hearing, you know, the come up story again, you know, what, what they're saying is, you know, do business with integrity, be honest, you know, know the market, you know, don't blow your money on useless shit. And right there, that's mm -hmm. a, that's a, that's a good starting point for any business really. So again, uh, thank you guys. I appreciate knowing you guys for for this long and for sure. um, appreciate I'll, you. I'll keep bothering yeah. you guys about shoes moving forward. So again, thanks. No, always, man. Always. Thanks for the time guys. Really appreciate it. Yeah, thank, you thank you guys appreciate for having, you guys us. having us. Yeah. Thank you yeah. guys so much. It was a lot of fun. <laughs> cool. So that's it for this week's episode of sneaker salaries, but let's keep the conversation going online on our social media channels. You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at sneaker salaries and hit us with a DM or a tweet. You can follow me personally on Instagram at John B E E J Kim. And you can follow me on Instagram at Jordan Hagedorn. We'd love to hear your feedback, and if there's a topic you want us to tackle or a guest you want us to have on, you can reach out to us at sneakersalariespod at gmail.com. If you like the episode, feel free to share it with your friends and help spread the word. And please show us some love by leaving a five-star rating and positive review so we can grow this podcast. Sneaker Salaries is a sneakernews.com and 137 p.m. partnership and a Gallery Media Group original production.